Hi, welcome to the Kennedy Report. I'm Kennedy Hall. Today we're going to speak about how to worship during a lockdown. As it stands, some places are experiencing further closures of the mass as various countries deal with the reaction to whatever this pandemic is. People are experiencing closures in their countries. Some places, like here in Ontario, for now, there are restrictions on various things like businesses and so forth, but the churches for now do remain open, and we pray that they will remain open for the Christmas season, which is you know, around the corner within a couple months. Nonetheless, it is a very real possibility that we will find ourselves, depending on where you are, without Mass soon. It could be indefinite, it could be for a few weeks again, who knows. It also just could be that where you live, the restrictions on Mass make it difficult for you to attend with your family. You know, For example, there are some places where it's 25 people allowed in at a time, the parish has 400 parishioners, uh, with you know, the sanitizing and you know, all this, the distancing and the registration, it really isn't possible for people to attend Mass every Sunday. Also, as Catholics, we know we will be persecuted. This is something that our Lord told us very explicitly. So it could be that we could be in a catacomb situation at some point, the way that the culture is going. So I thought that it would be helpful for us to talk about how we can worship during a lockdown or extend that in a time where there's a persecution and maybe we don't have Mass just because of that. So the first thing we have to understand is we need to love the Mass more than life itself. And that might sound extreme, but I'm going to let you in a little secret here. There are these religious extremists, and there's thousands of them, and they're called saints. Saints are religious extremists. They are so extreme in their faith that they will do anything to honor our Lord. And as a result, they do great and holy things. Think of the North American martyrs who came over from France, St. John de Brebeuf and St. Isaac Job. Quote-unquote normal people don't go off into an indigenous civilization that may or may not be hostile because it was a mixed bag. Some of them were very amenable to the Jesuits that came from France and some not so much. Quote-unquote normal people don't go into that because it's dangerous. But people who have a, a great reverence and a great love of our Lord do things like that that other people would call extreme. So we must love the Mass more than life itself. As Catholics... We know the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the source and sum of our life. There's a famous line from Padre Pio that I'll paraphrase. He says that it would be easier for the earth to be sustained without the sun than it would be to be sustained without the Mass. That's a very powerful statement, and he was a great saint, so we should take that to heart. The possibility of a Mass being taken away from us should be something that we consider it's a very big deal. It's terribly alarming. As I mentioned, Christmas is around the corner. As we're filming this, it is in late October, and Christmas is a month plus five days away. With the way that these restrictions work, I mean, it could be that where you live says, oh, we're going to do two weeks, and two weeks to slow the spread becomes six months to slow the spread of civilization, it seems. So, without a true priest and a true sacrifice... Our worship cannot reach the heights of the Mass. So we're not saying in the Protestant sense that we're going to worship at home and you know have our service and that suffices instead of Mass, but we are going to look at ways wherein we can have prayerful time. One of the things that sort of irked me when the whole lockdown started in the beginning is you had a lot of bishops suggesting that, you know, don't worry if you can't go to Mass. The saints in the past, they didn't receive the Eucharist every Sunday. You'll be fine. And I always get a little bit nervous 
when people compare me or others or themselves to saints. For one, I'm not a saint. And secondly, saints usually don't compare themselves to other saints because they're saintly, because they're humble. And it's a very disingenuous statement when people would say, well, you know, saint so-and-so, she only received four or five times a year. Well, that might be the case, but saint whoever attended a traditional liturgy every single day. They weren't locked out of their liturgy. They just weren't necessarily receiving every time. The confession lines were longer than the lines for Holy Communion. They would attend Vespers. The Angelus bells rang at 6, 12, and 6 all over the Christian civilization. There were a lot more Christian fiber to their lives. And it's not comparable to, say, in 2020, where you stay home and watch Netflix and you don't go to Mass, that somehow that's the same because you're simply not receiving the Eucharist. It's a very disingenuous thing. So if we do find ourselves in a situation like this again, we should be prepared. Now, Christ's disciples will always face persecution. We know this. We spoke about this a little bit earlier in this video. So once again, this is not just about the lockdown, but it is also about the fact that for some of us, and in some places in the world, it is not always possible to have the Mass. And perhaps there's people watching this from places like Africa or Brazil where they're sort of out in the bush and they only have a priest once a month. Maybe this will be helpful for people in other places as well. We are undoubtedly going through a persecution in the church right now. It's also clearly a chastisement. We have not obeyed the message of Fatima. The consecration has not happened the way that she told us that it should. It's been over a hundred years since she first came. And the impurity of men, the heresy, the sacrilege, the blasphemy, the offenses against God, they have increased dramatically. So, in a way, you know, if the nice things are taken away from us, that's what fathers do when we aren't going to treat them well. So, what can we do? Well, if we don't have access to regular Mass, option number one is what is colloquially called a dry Mass. In Latin, this term is Misa Sica, which is just a way of saying dry Mass. So it describes how a father can lead his family through all the prayers of the Mass when it is not possible to assist at the Holy Sacrifice. It isn't only used in times of deprivation, but I've also heard of fathers using this as a method on vacation with families. A friend of mine in the States went away, you know, somewhere to the heartland of America, was not able to find a Catholic church within driving distance of wherever they were, more than two or three hours away. So he did a dry Mass with his family on Sunday, it's a very useful tool to have in the back pocket. We are required by the Ten Commandments to sanctify Sunday, to keep holy the Lord's Day. But the obligation to go to Sunday Mass, it is an obligation unless there are exigent circumstances. The Church has always said that we have physical impossibility. If you're in the middle of a country where there are no Catholic churches, clearly you can't go to Mass on that Sunday. You're not sinning by not attending Mass. So in a situation like that, you would be advised to sanctify the day with extra prayers. A dry Mass is doable. There also could be a moral impossibility. It could be that maybe you are on vacation, and the parish near you is, is home to a priest who's known infamously for being quite the heretic with a blasphemous way of preaching and sacrilegious practices and liturgy. I mean, you know, imagine the situation. Well, you don't have to subject yourself to that because you don't have to participate in something that's an abomination. Now, how does this work? Well, the first thing that we want to do with a dry mass is we want to treat the time that you have with yourself or your family. We want to treat that like you're actually going to mass. Make the setting reverent. I know for ourselves at our house, during the lockdown when we couldn't attend mass at all, 
Um, you know, we have religious items and icons and statues and things like that in our home, candles and so forth. So what we did is we took our dining room table, we put a nice tablecloth over top, the flowers and the plants and whatever, and we put the pictures and the statues and candles, we turned down the lights, we even uh, you know, found some really beautiful uh, church choir music, palestrina and, and composers like that, played it on a nice low volume in the background. Our sons, uh, who are at the time were three and four years old, they even um, stood with candles like altar servers beside it. We wanted to be at Mass, and it was a shame that we couldn't be, but we have fond memories of that, and we have some beautiful pictures, and it was a way to really sanctify our home. So make the situation as reverent as possible. The Father then will recite the prayers from the Missal. And I have right here, this is the Father Lassance New Roman Missal. And it has the traditional Mass in it. And you'll see there's... I'm not going to explain too much how to use it, but you see the different colored ribbons here. Perhaps there are some people who have never been to a traditional Mass. And I know for a lot of people, it's not possible to get to a, a very reverent liturgy. Well, if you're in a situation where there is no liturgy at all, perhaps this is a situation where you might pick yourself up one of these. Angelus Press has a great one, this one as well. And you can use it as a way of learning about the Mass. And in fact, reading the Missal is something I'm just learning myself, but it's actually quite a fruitful devotion. I mean, in here, you read, and you have the propers of the Mass, and you're actually reading through the words that the priest says, the Psalms, the special prayers that have been handed down traditionally from the Apostles and so forth. It's a very, I mean, the Mass is a prayer, and you're praying along with the Holy Sacrifice it's a wonderful way to grow in devotion. So perhaps even if you're not locked down, something that you can develop is reading the Missal. So the Father will lead the family through the prayers of the Mass. Following the Gospel at that point, if the Father feels sufficiently capable to give sort of a sermon or a lesson to his children and his family, that's wonderful. I don't recommend the, and I'm not even going to recommend it as a, a prime option, I don't recommend the online liturgy if you can help it. I know that, you know, hey, if you're laying in a hospital bed or something and, and you're trying to sanctify the day and there's mass on television, okay, by all, I'm just saying, I don't recommend it because it's a passive thing. You know, a couple times during the first lockdown, we did try the virtual liturgy. And, okay, I found a nice one. It was well filmed. And, you know, thanks be to God, a lot of people did see good liturgies for the first time because they were watching them. And, you know, it's funny, these banal liturgies that are common amongst a lot of churches today, you know, in, in person, okay, that you sort of brush it off, oh, that wasn't that great as far as aesthetically pleasing. But when you watch a banal liturgy on camera, you really see just how banal it really is. So the traditional masses, Eastern and Latin Rite, they had a big internet presence during the lockdown, which is perhaps a good side effect of what happened. But in any case, I don't recommend the virtual mass, but one thing you can do to utilize this technology is after the gospel has been read, if you don't want to give your own sermon, there are uh, many sermons online that have to do with the readings of your particular day from great priests who have posted them on YouTube and, and places like that. So that's something we actually did. We would do the dry mass and we would insert a sermon from a great priest. So it really did bring that sort of true preaching into our home, which was nice. One thing I did see actually is some, you know, we were able to get into our church, you know, that we have the key and, and whatever. And we went in one Sunday to pray the rosary as a family. And there was an older couple, very pious. 
and they were actually kneeling in the pews, and I heard something. What was it? It wasn't them. They actually brought their iPad with them and had the liturgy going on their iPad and acted in the same way as they would if Mass was actually taking place. And you know what? That was, that was a good thing. So if you're going to do the virtual thing, I don't recommend it for home as a primary, but that was a useful way of utilizing the technology. Now, the second option, we have the dry Mass. The second option is a home or small Mass with a priest. Now, in many places, church buildings are off-limits by order of the government, perhaps by order of the local bishop, who knows. But there is still relative freedom. Now, I'm going to appeal here to priests. Some priests in traditional orders have a little bit more freedom. Some do not. You know, the first lockdown took a lot of us by surprise, and that's fine. And I've talked about that before. But I just saw a tweet, actually, from a priest in Wales. I believe he's in the Anglican Ordinariate Catholic. I, I think that's what he's in. And he said something very powerful, very courageous. And he basically said, as they're shutting down the churches in Wales again, he said, they will have to arrest me or throw me in jail to stop me from giving the sacraments to the faithful. I repent of having given up the first time. And I thought, wow, that guy has a spine. So please pray for that priest because goodness knows he's going to face persecution for his stalwart Christian virtue. But nonetheless, there are priests out there that are willing to prudently, you know, hey, maybe they're under obedience that they're not supposed to, uh, you know, have mass in the chapel, but are they forbidden from visiting people? If they do visit people and they just happen to bring their mass implements with them, and they have, a, you know, you can fill in the blanks of how this would work. You know, even if you're under obedience from a bishop and it says, don't, I've heard of this too, uh, telling priests during the lockdown, do not go and celebrate masses at a person's home. I'm sorry, but you have to obey God over man. And there is no way that Jesus Christ would ever say, stop performing the holy sacrifice of the mass and bringing that to the faithful in need. That is not from God, that command. So you need to make that decision for yourself. Now, there are various places that are ideal for these home masses. If you have a big house, uh, you know, with a big um, living room or basement or something. But places in rural settings are great as well. Who can forget, for example, the mass rocks of Ireland? We have stories of our fellow Catholics under times of persecution would walk hours and hours into the middle of the forest in the middle of the night, out, way outside of the villages and towns, in order to have mass on these flat rocks that they used as altars. We should be willing to do a lot of things to go to Mass. And we had it taken away the first time. If it is taken away the second, it's time for us to be active about it. The third way that I'm going to suggest on how we can have some sort of liturgical life during the lockdown. Maybe you live in a place where it's not possible to get the priests to come to your home. And even if you do, I'd still recommend doing the following. Maybe you live in a place where, you know, it's just the persecution is strong and the gathering and people are calling on people are calling on people for having people at their house. I don't know. You have to make these decisions for yourself. But even in the craziest places, even in the craziest places, Melbourne, Australia, parts of France during the, the, the first lockdown, people were still told to go for walks. You know, they would actually say, hey, stay home, don't leave your house for more than an hour, whatever ridiculous rules. But they were still told to go for walks. What is stopping people? from walking with their families and their bubbles, perhaps six feet apart from another family who is six feet apart from another family, and they just happen to fill up the whole sidewalk. And they're all praying the rosary, singing hymns, carrying statues of saints and Our Lady and Our Lord. What is stopping people from having impromptu public processions? 
you know, our world is in a very ugly situation. Riots are ugly. A world without church bells is ugly. The masks are ugly. This sort of sanitary totalitarianism is ugly. It's ugly. So we need to bring the light of Christ into the world. We need to bring Jesus Christ into the world. So just as I finish up here, I want you to imagine a scene. Imagine a lockdown Christmas Eve. Shops will be closed. Restaurants will be closed. Churches will be empty. So most people are going to do what most people do. They're going to sit in front of the TV. Anybody who knows the, anybody who has a dog, for example, walks their dog at 10 at night and the lights are off in the neighborhood and you see people sitting in their lazy boy chairs and the lights flashing from the TV and you can tell they're watching the TV screen. Well, imagine this Christmas Eve and you're all bundled up with your family if you live in a cold place and you get with your closest friends, you gather somewhere and you start going for a walk. Find a nice statue, get a family to carry it on their shoulders and process perhaps our lady or our lord or or even a nativity scene, it would be so appropriate for the occasion. And people are in their homes, and just as they're watching TV, they see these lights coming down the sidewalk. And they look outside, and they've, they realize that they see people walking with candles. They get a little bit more curious. They go to their window, they pull aside the curtains. They see that there are families out there, and there are dozens of them, maybe hundreds of them. They're carrying statues, and of course they get even more curious, and they go out onto their front porch, and not only do they see people carrying statues and carrying candles and gathering with other people in a joyful way, but they hear singing. Can you imagine how beautiful the sound of Christmas hymns would be in a totalitarian, locked-down, depressive Christmas Eve? The contrast of that, it would be like, you know, as Christ talks about the light shining in the darkness. It's the old expression that when we have lemons, we have to make lemonade. Well, perhaps it applies to this. If we are locked down again, and Christmas Eve is a little bit grim, let's bring the light of Christ into the world and process our faith joyfully, singing hymns to our Lord this Christmas Eve, if necessary. That's all for today. This has been the Kennedy Report, and I'm Kennedy Hall. God bless.